0: Hey, you're listening to episode number 51 of the Elite Fitness Podcast. And in this one, we're going to revisit the Ronnie Coleman interview on the Joe Rogan Podcast. Uh, That happened just over a year ago. Uh, Me and Steve uh, listened to part of the interview live and and gave our commentary on it. It's a really, really good episode. I think you guys are really going to enjoy it. It's an oldie but a goodie. If you've never heard it and heard our commentary on it, here is the Ronnie Coleman interview on Joe Rogan per Steve Schme and mine's uh, opinion. Here we go.
1: And we're coming your way, guys. Number 334. Steve Smee here. And Rick, as always, my co-host. What's up, man? Hey, what's up, Steve? What's up, guys? How's everybody doing out there? So we're going to do a special podcast, guys. We're going to be discussing the Ronnie Coleman interview. Uh, He was on a podcast, and he uh, spilled uh, some information, which is really cool because I've interviewed Mr. Olympia champions before, and they've been very, very ziplocked mouth, and they haven't really talked about much. So it's interesting because Ronnie Coleman kind of – gave a lot of information, which was really, really cool. Um, and we're going to talk about that, right, Rick?
0: Yeah, absolutely. It's a really important interview that everybody's been talking about. And I've discussed it privately with people. But since I hear so much uh, buzz about it, uh, I think we should do a whole podcast uh, just on it, just going over the interview and giving you guys our opinions on, on what, he's, uh, what he's saying.
1: Yeah, so, I mean, about three years ago, I interviewed Frank Zane, who won the uh, Mr. Olympia back, I believe, in 1977, was it? And it was either 77 or 78. And, um, you know, he didn't really give us much information. I did the interview with Trevor. You guys can, can look it up. He didn't really give much information in that podcast. But in this podcast, Ronnie Coleman actually does give some information. Is it all truthful? Probably, you know, I would say some of it probably may not be But I think a lot of it was I don't think he has any particular reason to lie So yeah, let's get into it, Rick
0: All right, great So um, we're just going to get started with the interview At the point that uh, Joe starts asking Ronnie about about steroids Which is about uh, 1 hour and 11, 1 hour and 12 minutes in So uh, here we go I miss
2: those days <laughs> God damn Now, what kind of steroids were dudes doing back then? Uh, I mean, uh, basic, you
3: know, you got, you know, your tests, uh, D ball, uh, it's just basic stuff, you know? And back then, you know, because the DA had come in, uh, and, and, you know, was was trying to find out what we were all doing, they, they, they made us do it legally.
2: So, you know, you have to go to the doctor and get all these prescriptions, and you would get prescriptions for steroids? Yeah. What mm-hmm. kind of steroids would they give you a prescription for? Like any kind of test. You need it. They would get growth hormone.
3: they give prescriptions because once the DEA came in, they was like, what are y'all doing? What are y'all taking? <laughs> <laughs> but what do you think?
0: Like the DEA shouldn't. Hey, so um, that, in that clip, uh, he, he mentions Diana Ball. And then he mentions the script. Um, Diethyl uh, was not available for script after 1983. 85 is when is when it was uh, not a, not be, it stopped becoming a prescription drug. So probably not a good chance he could have gotten a prescription for Dianable. Um, it, as far as uh, you know, as far as the script goes and, and, and the stuff he was taken, uh, I do believe that he was able to get a script at the time before all the Barry Bond stuff, before all of those scandals, when Ronnie was in his heyday, um, really it, you know, you could get a script for a lot of stuff. It wasn't until baseball got really into it that they started uh, shutting down the rejuvenation clinics and all of these things, but really, uh, um, around the Ronnie era uh, these steroids were, uh, you know, you, you could get a script for, for a lot of stuff back then.
1: You now, could get a script, but not for the dosages that a pro bodybuilder yes, yes. would run. So that's a lie that he was saying there, straight up. Because, um, you know, a, a typical testosterone dose is just for a gym rat. If you're running testosterone with an oral you're going to run 500 milligrams. Okay. That's the moderate dosage. And that's a strong dosage. A script for testosterone, the most TRT script that I've seen today, today with all these anti-aging clinics who just want to make money off of people, they might go 200, maybe 250 a week. They're not going to go more than that. And that's even too high. So back then, you would probably be lucky to get a script for like 100, 125 milligrams a week, which is the way it's supposed to be for TRT. You're not supposed to get scripted for 200, 250 milligrams. That's just anti-aging clinics trying to get money. So let's say he had an aggressive doctor that he was working with, and the doctor you know, gave him. You think the doctor is going to risk losing his license to prescribe twice the amount? Probably not. What about four, five, six times the amount of what you're supposed to get scripted for? If he got caught, the doctor, he'd lose his medical license. And it costs six figures to even get through medical school. So he's going to sacrifice that medical license that he had to spend so much to get just to prescribe steroids to a bodybuilder? I don't think so. So, you know, something is fishy on that. Uh, because back then you didn't have these anti-aging clinics the way you have today. The guys who run these anti-aging clinics don't care if they lose their license because they're just trying to grift and hustle as much money as they can before they get shut down, you know? So, but back then, no doctor is going to risk his license. So he he was lying on that. What do you think, Rick?
0: Uh I think he, you know, he mentioned Debo, like I said, um, basically he mentioned Debo, which, was not available for prescription when he was competing. So he probably did get a script because he needed to, to have one, as he said, because, but he probably tossed a little bit more on top of that. Now, I just want to say something. I'm not going to really sit here and, and today and, and accuse – I'll just tell you guys on the start – and accuse Ronnie of really being a liar and, and doing, you know, massive dosages and downplaying it. I'm not. I actually believe Ronnie stayed with a decent, you know, smaller dosing, as, as he's saying um, he maybe added some stuff in that wasn't prescription, but he stayed with lower dosing. Yes, because Ronnie is a genetic freak. All right. Now, one thing to understand guys out there, cause you're, you're looking at Ronnie on his pictures and you're like, all right, well, there have been genetic freaks in bodybuilding before, but nobody looked quite like Ronnie. And when Ronnie was looking like Ronnie, pretty much every other guy on stage with him was way bigger, way more cut than most guys in the seventies, eighties, nineties, you know, it's just, it, these guys just got bigger and, and more cut. So how does that happen? It wasn't an increasing human genetics. It also wasn't just a, a huge increase, increase, in dosages What really set the difference apart where guys all the way before the nineties were, were had a certain look And then guys after the 90s from 2000 on, complete monsters. Insulin and human growth hormone. Insulin and human growth hormone. So while you could have had maybe a Lee Haney, who just had great, uh, great genetics, great physique, and he looked awesome. Just on regular steroids. Had you added to his regimen some growth hormone and some insulin along with the steroids and some nutrient timing like these guys do... Lee Heaney would have fucking blew up and looked like a, like one of the bodybuilders do today. Okay, the biggest difference, guys, in the way these guys look between pre nineties and and post nineties is really the, the the addition and just properly adding in both insulin, mainly insulin, and human growth hormone. And yes, I've said it on the podcast before that. During the mid, you know, during the early 90s, all the way up until the very early 2000s is when we got, really when we got our anti-estrogen drugs, you know, our Novodex, uh, Duchenne brought it up to, out to light in 89, 90. Um, We got uh, Arimidex, we got Aromacin. All that stuff hit the market in those 10 years. So obviously a guy before the 90s who maybe went over, you know, four or 500, 600 milligrams of testosterone a week, would start to develop some estrogen-like problems, but that that same guy in two thousand and two, two thousand three, two thousand four, he could do those those five hundred migs. There was a little bit of estrogen. He could throw in a little bit of aromacin and then you know he'll be fine and shit. He could bump his dose up to a thousand and just throw aromacin on top of it, like we've discussed before. So yes, doses did get a little bit higher, but I think it's just the addition of the of the insulin and gro- human growth hormone. And that's where you get that really clear difference between a, a Lee Haney kind of, kind of guy who just, you know, from that era with that, with, with, with that physique, that symmetry, and where you get the monsters that we've had, you know, from 2003, 2004 on. It, it, I think that's the real, di- because we haven't really like super developed our training methods. As a matter of fact, most of the winning guys, they will all have different training methodology, so there isn't one training method that we've like super developed. No, everybody's still doing their own thing. Same thing with diet. We understand diet a little bit better now. We understand insulin and some of these other things better now, but still, the diet, you know, these, they, you know, they could they could starve themselves um, and, and get down back into sixties and seventies and eighties too. You know, uh, he probably could get that huge. On not huge dosages, on not two grams a week, with great genetics, I do believe it because I've seen with my own two eyes and worked with natural guys that have some amazing body parts, some pretty darn good physiques, and have never touched steroids. So uh, I do understand the genetic factor. and, And for the rest of the podcast, I'm not gonna sit here and accuse Ronnie of doing huge dosages. Dude is just naturally, genetically gifted and why did he look better than genetically gifted bodybuilders of the older? Because he added insulin and human growth hormone along with steroids. So, um, all right, Steve, what do you say?
1: Yeah, uh, what's, what's the next clip? Let's run the next clip. Yeah, absolutely, and he actually says it later on the podcast. He admits, hey, I have great genetics. I mean, that's a misconception. I think our listeners, though, Rick, they're above the fray on that. I think that our listeners understand that you can't Go and throw, uh, kick a football for the next six months every day, and then be an NFL kicker where you can kick a sixty-yard field goal in the in the uh, in the rain. I think our listeners understand that they understand they can't go to the batting cage and and become a pro baseball player and be able to hit a hundred five-mile-an-hour fastball in, in the World Series. You, you know, you can't throw a football a million times and become the next Tom Brady. I think our listeners understand the same thing with bodybuilding. You can't just take a bunch of steroids, work out, you know, eat a lot of food and magically become the next Mr. Olympia. Obviously genetics is the number one thing. So yeah, I mean, I, I he actually admits it, but it's hard to know that my view on this though. It's a hard to see that's like, it's like our galaxy. We don't know what our galaxy looks like because we can't, we'd have to go out into space millions of miles and then turn around and look behind us and see what our galaxy looks like with a telescope you know so there's no way to know it's the same thing if you have if you have great genetics or you have bad genetics you're not going to know if you have great genetics or bad genetics but i think that if you ask any third grade fourth grade pe teacher to pick out which kid is genetically gifted physically and which kid will never even come close to even making his high school freshman team, they'll be able to pick out those kids out of, out of the school if they have you know, half a brain. So let's, let's run the next clip. All right, here we go. You be out there catching people selling meth.
2: Yeah. Why are you going after bodybuilders who are also cops? That uh, seems cause ridiculous. they had
3: kids out there that were taking it and committing suicide. Uh-huh. See, I didn't know what that was when I was a kid.
2: They were committing suicide because they were getting depressed from the steroids yeah, coming off of it. Coming off of
3: it, yeah. So they yeah. they're trying to figure out, you know, what, what are y'all doing? Uh,
2: what it, we 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 gotta get y'all off this stuff. And so that's when you got a doctor that was willing to prescribe everything. Mm-hmm. So this mm-hmm. was this while you were doing Mister Olympian? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So all that stuff was above board. It was all legal. Yeah, yeah, everything was legal by then. And what is is that the case now?
3: <sighs> I, I, you uh, know what, that was just when the heat was on. You know,
2: mm-hmm.
3: I don't know. If, I don't. I don't think they got the heat on the, the heat on the guys down like that now.
2: So the DEA would come to you and you would just say, "Hey, here's my prescriptions." Yeah, yeah. And they would go, "All right." Yeah. Mhm. One time you didn't. If you didn't have a prescription, they took your stuff. Really? Yeah. So they'd find whatever you had and yeah. take it from you? Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. How did they know where it was? You told them. Oh, okay. <laughs> 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 because otherwise they put you in jail. Yeah, yeah. And then search your house, yeah. and, you know, get a search warrant. So they'd like, well, I got this and this and that. Well, I, I'd imagine you would have to take something to be as big as you were when you were at your Oh, yeah. Your yeah, peak. for sure. Yeah, it's for not sure. really possible to be no, that no, big not without no. it. Without it,
3: No. You can't get that big. It, 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 another thing you got to have, too, is genetics. Yes. You know, look at the baseball players that have taken stuff. And look at us. Yeah. You know, they didn't, They can't get that big. They're not, not gifted for it. Well, they didn't try either, right? They weren't trying to get that big.
2: Yeah, guys they guys like couldn't, couldn't they say go, they, he they got could, pretty fucking big. They couldn't get that big because they wanted to. Really? Really? Mm-hmm. So it's a small percentage of the population that they could get, get that big. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And probably like one percent that could get as big as
3: I got, mm. and I was the only guy. Nobody uh, duplicated that since. And and, and you know, and be in that condition, right? And be healthy, right? You know, I don't have any health problems besides the you know the back, the injuries, the injuries. Yeah, you know,
2: my my liver, my kidneys, and my heart—it's all good. Did you while you were doing things? Did you get uh, frequent blood tests? And- every every. Three to four months, and the doctor would go over yeah, everything yeah, and make yeah. sure everything was fine. And everything's always, everything's always good. That seems to be the big misconception about steroids is that people think steroids. And people kill think you. you're taking like tons of stuff.
0: All right, just so just kind of there to address a couple of uh, things he said there. So, um, he said something. Uh, Steve and I have been saying on the podcast for a long time: is it's genetics. If you're talking about top level, Mr. Olympia, it's genetics. He also said these baseball players, even if they wanted to, they could not get that big. I can't believe that. I, I can because I've been around so many guys that take really incredible, crazy dosages and they just can't get that big. They just can't. They, they just, it doesn't have the same effect on them. And I'm also around guys that do a little small oral anavar cycle and they look amazing. So there's definitely a, a, a huge genetic component to it. And also, he says, look, people think you're doing a, a lot. People think you're doing a ton. And, and you know, I, I tend to believe him on that, too, because if you're genetically gifted like Ronnie and you're able to stay at a gram, a little gram and a half a week, uh, plus some insulin, plus some human growth hormone, which he mentioned, he, he mentioned the growth hormone, um, you you will just get amazing results, especially if you train as hard as Ronnie. Now, Ronnie is just lifting heavy, heavy weights. You know, pushing it hard. So you 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 mix the great genetics with that dedication, that obsession for the gym, and then you you add uh, just the uh, drugs on top of that. You add the steroids on top of that, and the human growth hormone, and the insulin. See, those are three. Paths three different paths of anabolism of, of building muscle. You have the androgens and your steroids, obviously. You have insulin manipulation, which just manipulates uh, nutrients coming come in into the cells. And then you have the growth hormone, which stimulates growth in a different way than steroids do. So you, you're, you're using uh, three different uh, paths to actually gain muscle and burn fat, as opposed to just using androgens, just steroids, and just stacking more and more and more and more on top of that, right? So, um, yeah, I mean, uh, uh, we'll, we'll get more into into the other part of the clip as we go on, but what, what do you think, Steve?
1: Well, yeah, he said several things on that. He mentioned, you know, the law aspect, and, you know, I'm not really um, – you know, I'm not really sure. I mean, what year was he talking about? He was talking about when he was Mr. Olympia, right? You,
0: you, you know what it is too, and I've posted about this on, on a couple places. Got to understand that Ronnie was a law enforcement officer for all these periods that he's discussing, and he could have arrested people uh, that got years or got time. During that time, he could have arrested many folks. And if he admits to being illegally on steroids around the time now, uh, someone could come back and say, hey, uh, this guy was on steroids when he arrested me. He looked, he just admitted to it. So you, you don't know. You know, he could have caught someone doing something bad. He wrote up the reports as I saw him or somebody could have, you know, it, 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 you know, so many years as a police officer, and then now admitting that you were doing stuff illegally back then, it could open you for some bullshit. It could open you up for some bullshit. So I I understand and I respect the, the fact that Ronnie can't really go in and, and, and say he was doing something illegal during the times that he was arresting people and writing police reports, you know? So that, that's something to think about, too, there.
1: Yeah, and he won this Olympia. You know, I believe he won it in, what, eight straight years, late, late 90s up till 2005 was – was the range. And during that time, uh, I don't know if they were really being aggressive when it comes to steroids. Um, I just, I'm just not sure um, during that time. I mean, you were more aware of the stuff on message where we even really have the forums really didn't really come up until the early 2000s. So I don't know if people were getting busted. Um, But you know, he mentioned a lot I mean, of stuff. The
0: first, at the- the first off dot elite, EliteFitness.com launched on in 1996. And so it was, I mean, it was around for a long time. And, and yeah, there were dudes uh, getting busted for steroids, controlled deliveries, mostly controlled deliveries and mostly local guys that got in local trouble with local cops. Uh, there wasn't these huge um, federal uh, operations like we saw in the, in the mid two thousands. And, and even now the teen thousands, we've seen some of these big federal things back in those days, it was mostly local guys getting in local trouble or controlled deliveries of, of uh, human great stuff coming in from, from out of the country. But uh, that, that's kind of, it's kind of, that was the round back then. And and look, Barry Bonds was 2003 and on, you know, 2000, the the scandals, until Ronnie was Mr. Olympia, pretty much around the same time that all these baseball players were taking steroids and bringing the heat on everybody. Because it doesn't seem like anybody cared about bodybuilders and steroids until baseball players got into steroids and then they cared about everybody. And, and by the way, Steve, you, you want to know something? I, and I'm sure some of you guys listening to this are, are going to chuckle when you hear this. It was some of those same guys that were so outraged and so mad about these baseball players cheating with steroids in the 2000s that now well over you know, 10, 15 years later are looking into steroids to enhance their own life and, and get better and, and feel better and be stronger and lose body fat and gain muscle mass now that you're older. And most of these guys understood and know that the stuff does this because they were around for the scandals back in 2003, 2004, and five so they they heard about it then they they were on the on the bandwagon with "Oh these guys suck they're cheating and now they 're ten fifteen years older, and their dick doesn 't stand up as hard it 's not as strong it 's so much harder to lose body fat now they 're looking into steroids that 's pretty funny yeah you're
1: you 're referring to the balco investigation, and during that time um, you know they were it was conte Arnold Anderson they were basically giving stuff like made all to athletes. And this happened from the late eighties up until the early two thousands. And it was kind of like this. It was kind of like a doctor, doctor supervision type of thing. And uh, you know, guys who got in, and then Jason Giambi. You mentioned Barry Bonds like more than once. I don't know why everyone's always hating on Barry Bonds. By the way, I don't know what the guy ever did to someone. Uh, Marion Jones, Bill Romanowski—that's the guy you should be hating on, Rick, not Barry Bonds. Bill Romanowski. I don't, a, I
0: don't hate on any of these. I
1: know I'm just giving you a hard time, but Bill Romanowski is <laughs> a real prick. That guy was a racist prick. he spit. I don't. I don't. spit on people in, in during the football game.
0: I don't follow no baseball that much, but let me ask you this, and I, I've heard this before. Barry Bonds was just not that great of a player before steroids, and then after steroids, he became the fucking man. Is that correct?
1: Um, I don't follow baseball that quick, but I think what you're talking about, his pictures, he he was a much more skinnier. No,
0: performance-wise, performance-wise.
1: Yeah, but I mean, I, if you just look at his pictures, um, he blew up. So obviously, yeah. But everyone likes to hate on him a lot. And I think it was because he's black, number one. And number two, I'm, I'm sorry to say that, but it's true. I mean, oh, that's, cut that's how but the second reason, uh, no, it's true. And the second reason was he was, you know, he was a little rough with the media. So he got a lot of enemies within the media. But so are so many other players. They're rough. Bill Belichick is the biggest. But prick-
0: there have there, been a lot of dark players that didn't get any shit. He got shit for using steroids. And, and, and white players got shit for using steroids, too. So it, it wasn't.
1: No, I think baseball is different, though. Right? Baseball is a lot of racism in baseball. It's one of the historically like, back
0: yeah. in like the 50s or something.
1: No, 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 no. Recent. Look up Boston. Look up. Look up the. You know, they, that's routine. They called uh, players n words and stuff. But I don't want to get into that. Let's yeah, just go, Ronnie. Yeah, let's run, go to let's yeah, let's go the next. I'm just making a point that people were harder on Barry Bonds. Everyone wants to hate on Barry Bonds. I might, Morton.
0: you know, I'm. You know? I'll think about it at the time we edit, but I might, I might clip that out. People don't want to. People, people are fucking tired of politics, bro. Oh, man. It's so bad is everywhere. <laughs> right, listen, next, listen next let me tell you, If you guys are, are tired of politics and you want to see some, some meathead shit. I don't think it's
1: politics, but okay.
0: <laughs> it's all politics, man. If you want to see some meathead shit, want to read something funny, want to see some hot uh, pictures of girls, just to get your mind over all the bullshit when you're on Facebook, you need to follow me on Facebook. Go to rickivrock.com. Rickyvrock.com, or look me up on Facebook, Ricky space V space rock. And just friend me, follow me. And I discuss not a lick of politics, man. It's all about meathead shit every single day. I just, people don't want to hear that, bro. They don't come to us for that. So, <laughs> all right, man. So let me, um, let me play the next clip and we get it going. All right. So here it is.
3: Time to start. I probably would not taking no more than what those baseball players were taking. Mm. Just working out more, <clears> lifting more. Working and out, lifting,
2: out lifting more, and gifted mm-hmm. genetically for it. Dorian Yates said basically the same thing. Yeah, yeah. It wasn't, wasn't that he was taking a lot, yeah, of, yeah. not compared to a lot of yeah, guys. Yeah, exactly, yeah. People think I was taking massive
3: amounts of stuff. If I had been taking massive amounts of stuff, I wouldn't – I don't think I'd still be here. I don't think I'd be as healthy as I am now. Right. Uh, you know? Besides my back surgery, neck surgery, I'm all good. And like I said, my my
2: kidneys and heart and everything still holding up real good. Now, when you would uh, get off for of that three-month period, would you cycle off of everything? Nah.
0: All, right, just, just a, a quick interjection because we want to go to the next thing. Um, you know, a lot of guys that pump a lot of steroids and don't get incredible results, they think the pros got to be using more. And yeah, these guys do use maybe a little bit more than than most average people and use it more continuously than most average people. But when you get to the top, top, top level, like Ronnie, you know, these are guys that looked incredible ever before ever touching this stuff. I mean, these guys are out there. These genetic freaks do exist. We've seen them in the gym. Sometimes we assume that they are using steroids, unless it's somebody we know personally, and we know they have no idea about anything to do with steroids. But they just guys—they just have those crazy arms, or, or those great abs, or just th- those those incredible uh, set of legs, you know. But they've never touched this stuff. So, I do I do believe that. Um, it just, do, just throw that in. And let me finish putting putting out the clip for you.
2: Really cold
3: turkey i didn't take anything or nothing and what did you feel like over those three months Normal, really
2: no didn't bother me a bit so you just you got just great genetics man (laughs) craziest ever yeah i mean obviously there's no (laughs) way you could take
3: all you know cold turkey i stopped everything one day uh i would be taking you know a bunch of stuff next day nothing and your body would just feel normal body felt normal didn't bother me a bit that's so crazy didn't get depressed or nothing you know yeah uh, felt normal. That's just genetic. <laughs> yeah, I still was strong. Wow, I could still, you know, squat. You know, I could squat, you know, seven, eight hundred naturally. Wow. Mm-hmm. So you basically capped a lot of your gains. Yep, yeah, my yep, yeah, my was still three hundred. I'm still three hundred pounds.
2: You know, without taking all that stuff. And so then after three months, then you would slowly ramp back up. Slowly ramp back up. And all this under doctor supervision. All this under doctor supervision, yeah, and all
3: all all the while I'm getting my blood work done every three to four months.
2: So a lot of guys, after they're done competing, then they have to get on testosterone replacement therapy because the endocrine system's kind of messed up. Exactly. Did you have to do that as well? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It seems like that's just a part of the sport, right? Yeah. Yeah. It is. Yeah. It is. Yeah. It's interesting though, because like for the longest time, these guys were doing these ads and magazines, and they were attributing everything to some supplement that they were selling.
0: All right, so um, you know he he goes on again to say that he cycled off cold turkey without post cycle therapy and some of this stuff. Um, what do I think about that? Um, look, I'm Ronnie said it. I'm not going to sit here on this podcast and, and call him a liar and, and everything he said. And he is a, a genetic freak. I mean, we know that for a fact. Uh, also, there are other things to consider, too. Uh, I've heard many guys, and even myself, uh, we've, if you shoot enough steroids in over a long period of time, it would seem, and any guys out there that, that have developed some scar tissue from shooting, you know what the hell I'm talking about. You it, you may develop some like little pockets of steroids that even after you get you get off of the stuff you still feel pumped up and still feel like you're you're on you know weeks and weeks later. Maybe he had some a uh, little bit of a scar tissue depots that kept releasing. Who knows? Maybe he just he's just that genetically gifted that he's not gonna feel the difference of coming off the sauce. Um, maybe he was. On a little bit of something, on a little bit of testosterone, came off everything else, but he doesn't you know, for the context of the conversation he's having right now, maybe he's not he's not dissecting the difference, um and being you know, being complete maybe that that is what he means when he says he's he's off. Who knows? But it just doesn't I'm sorry guys, it's just hard to to with to believe that anybody holding on to that much mass could just quit cold turkey and not Feel the difference in their levels of androgen. It's hard to believe, but I mean, it is Ronnie, um, Mr. Olympia, the man, uh, the myth, the genetic freak. So he could, he could. I mean, yeah. What do you think, Steve?
1: Well, we'll never know the truth, but I can tell you from a normal gym rat who does that. People do that all the time, and what what you'll see is they'll work out like almost every day. You'll see them all the time in the gym. And they get bigger and they get stronger, and then you'll see them like once every week, once a week or once every two weeks come in. And you're like, "Hey, bro, where you been?" And you know, yeah, oh, I've had some issues, blah blah blah. And they'll be so much smaller and they'll be so much weaker, and you know, you know they're off. You know, and and a lot of times they just come off. They don't they don't take a PCT or nothing. So people do that all the time. I mean, he's a genetic freak. We don't know what Ronnie Coleman looked like in the offseason. He could have just shrunk up. That's actually a good idea, by the way, Rick, you know, if you think about it, if you come off and you get a little, you, you know, you lose some strength, you lose those androgens in your body, you lose a little muscle, that's actually healthy. It's healthy for your body. You're giving your body a break. So and we know these guys in the off season, every, every professional sport has an off season, right? So it's not like they're going 365 days a year. the same thing with bodybuilding. They have off you know, seasons too.
0: You know what I would have, if I had been interviewing him, because I obviously I, I ask different questions to Joe, because this is our industry, this is our niche. I would have asked him like, Hey, Ronnie. So if when you came off, you felt no different, why, why even get back on? Why don't you just, why don't you just keep, keep doing it? You know, that's maybe what I would have asked. That's a good question. I mean, if he says he got off for three months and felt no different, and he was still he was still feeling great, looking great, strong, lean, why even get back on the shit?
1: Well, I think if he would stay off for a long period of time, he would start shrinking. You know, rapid. If he went off like for a year straight, then yeah, you're going to shrink up quite a bit. You're not going to keep everything. If but doing, if you if, if you come off like, for a couple listen, of months, if you're or doing
0: two, if you're doing like a, a long run of EQ deca and maybe some testosterone and the canoid you can get off and in about eight weeks six to eight weeks you might still feel something from those from those long long esters you know and we're talking about the, the three that would have been available readily available to ronnie around that at that that time deca eq and test i mean look when i travel okay when i travel because i, I Travel to, to out of the country, a lot to South America, and there I can get testosterone and the can away, human grade. It's called Nebido from Bayer sharing. Basically, no script. I can just get it. It's 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 a it's a vial that has four cc's, a total of a gram of testosterone, and I'll probably shoot two of those vials the last couple of weeks before I leave. And when I'm back in the stateside, I don't have to worry about going out to get testosterone or anything. I just I start using again, my plug for my products, H generate ES as soon as I take the shots. So that way, as the ester is, is leaving my body and it's low, and it's getting lower and lower, the AC generated ES is picking up my amount of production. And that's a way that I've like I'll juice when I'm out of the country, so I don't have to deal with legalities. Then before I come back in, I'll do some long esters on the last couple of weeks as I'm doing my, my PCT coming off. And um, and that's worked. That's worked. I've 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 been a month a month and a half away from my testosterone on the canoate shot, and still feeling just incredible pumps in the gym. So I'll, I will, I will give that up. I've, I've, I've sat there like, holy shit! It's been six, seven weeks since my last shot, and I can tell I'm on some shit. Even though I haven't taken any real steroids in my body for six weeks, but those esters are still kicking. Plus, another thing that doesn't get discussed a lot, guys, is. Those ester chains, the longer they get, the closer they are to a lipid, to a fat. I mean, they're basically a fat. So they, they, when you get those long esters, like the DECA, like the, like the EQ, like the testosterone and the canoate, they can actually, as they're in your system, that ester can actually bond itself to some, to some fat and just, just sit there and, and not go anywhere. And then over time, um, it'll, it'll unbond from the fat and go into your system and actually get used. It's one of the reasons why DECA – can get detected up to, what, like a year, year and a half or something? Because um, those longer esters can and will, um, uh, just, just the ester, the tail, just attaches to, to fat and just sits there. It doesn't go anywhere for maybe weeks. And then one day it just gets released out. Um, I've heard of the same, kind of the same sort of thing happening with like THC and some of this other stuff that can get deposited in your fatty tissue. So just a couple of things to throw out there about... Uh, about that.
1: All right, Rick. Yeah, we're – uh we got, like, what, 10, 15 minutes left. Let's do another one. You got another one? Mm-hmm.
2: Some creatine or some this – I know, mean, mm-hmm. all that stuff does
3: yeah, yeah. something. It does. It helps you out a little bit. But know? it's not going to get you – It's not going to get you 330
2: pounds with 3% body fat.
3: <laughs> no. <laughs> no, is it's it, definitely not going to do that. Was <laughs> that something
2: that you were allowed to talk about while you were competing? Uh – yeah, I mean did it come up? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I I talked about it. I
3: didn't uh have no reason to hide it. Because it seems like, like people, people were not stupid. They're
2: not no. When you got that big, <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. But it seemed like there was an era where bodybuilding kinda tried to pretend that they weren't taking that. Yeah, yeah.
3: Because of all those you know, people committing suicide and mm. kids taking and all that stuff and yeah. And, Doing it the wrong way, you know, not having it prescribed and all this kind of stuff. Also, the more is better. Black to get bad stuff, you know. Right.
2: Yeah. Yeah. But there were some guys that would just say, well, the way to win is to take way more than everybody else. Yeah. And see what your body could tolerate. Yeah. Yeah. The more you take, the better you're going to be. I knew a guy like that. Yeah. And he wound up having a heart attack. <laughs> exactly. We used to call him garden hoses. 'Cause his arms look like garden hoses for veins? Yeah. Just these giant veins all over his arms. It didn't make sense. But he was just on everything. Yeah. Yeah. That he didn't make it to 30. Yeah. He died before he was 30. Some people, yeah,
3: they do it the wrong way. Yeah. I didn't start taking anything till I was 30. Really? Yeah. <laughs> Remember, I was I was uh, drug-free for a
2: long time. And what? I did everything naturally for a long, long time because I was like gifted, right? Yeah. What inspired you? What made you decide when you were thirty that you had to do something?
0: You know, one thing I I wonder is um, if Ronnie was like competing natural against guys on steroids. Did Ronnie ever compete in a natural show, or he didn't? I mean, if if I had, I don't know. It's just it's it. You know, if, if if Ronnie was was getting up there with guys on juice and not winning. And then he could he could have he could have he could have just walked through all the natural tested shows where people were getting tested and stuff. No, but anyway, um, let me let me just keep keep playing. Ass kicked <laughs> <laughs> in
3: competitions. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. The highest I would place was were like third or something. You know. Mm-hmm. And after a while, you know, you competitive, you, shit. you. you other guys got a competitive advantage on you.
2: Mm -hmm. So let's make this thing equal. Is this something somebody suggested to you? Yeah. Yeah, so people in the gym, like hey, Ronnie. No, one of the competitors Mm -hmm. suggested that to me. Oh. Guy by
3: the name of Flex Wheeler. Oh, okay. Best friend in the world. That guy was fucking huge. 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 He taught me everything I know. Did he really? Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm he uh also got me the best nutritionist ever that's
2: how I won my
3: first olympia
2: so is that how most guys find out about steroids from other guys who are competing and if you were smart that's the way you
0: would do it you know that's interesting that he said that that a nutritionist is what helped them is what helped them win because i keep saying it over and over again diet is so incredibly important diet is 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 just i mean it's just it the main reason most guys don't get their money's worth out of steroids is it be, because their diet is terrible. That, that's, you know, and for Ronnie, somebody genetically gifted already on steroids, he said would make the difference for him was a good nutritionist. And I, I believe that 100%. If, if a guy, you could have two guys running the same cutting cycle. One guy is doing it right, you know, intermittent fasting, or even if he's doing six meals a day, he, he's, he's just doing it just right. The other guy's not taking his meal as serious, maybe cheating, maybe uh, has a hard time staying away from temptation. And I mean, the, the, the results on the same amount of steroids are going to be vastly different. Same thing with the bulking cycle. The guy who sets his timer and is just scarfing down that protein at the right times is going to gain more mass and make the most out of the steroids than a guy who's not. So, So, I mean, one of the things that all of these top level bodybuilders have in common is that discipline to get their feeding done and, and get all their calories in and, and everything at the right time. And then the sacrifice to starve themselves later on, because to, at those levels, you're like, you're like force feeding yourself during the bulking phase where your, your stomach hurts. And then you're starving yourself to the point where, you know, it might take you 15, 20 minutes just to get out of, just to muster up the energy to get out of battle on, on the last, on the last days going up to the competition. So, so yeah, you know, it's, it's, it's really, um, it's really that, that diet, diet really dows it in and look, even without any steroids, even without fucking training, if you just keep a nice, clean, good diet, you'll have a decent physique. Even if you don't, even if you don't train at all. Okay. So diet is, is really, diet really is number one, really, when it comes down to it, wouldn't you agree?
1: Especially for a gym rat, you know, because a lot of people, we look, you look, go to the gym, Rick. And, you know, the gym is supposed to be the most healthiest place, even yoga. Even when I go to yoga, it's supposed to be the healthiest people, right? And you still have people who are overweight, who – not not overweight, but I'm not going to use that term, but I'll use the term fat. They have too much body fat on their body. And we've become accustomed to that. Even yoga teachers have, have you know uh, – you might have like one or two yoga teachers at the, the yoga studio who have a gut and um, you'll have personal trainers at the gym who have a gut. That's, you know, that's not fitness. That's just someone who, you know, maybe they have a medical condition or something that makes them like that. But so I don't want to, I'm not picking on them, but I'm saying there's definitely nutrition and diet is the most important thing.
0: Two two big factors that've kept the, the average American really fat has been the whole marketing campaign between low fat foods, right? That was that was pretty that that set that set us up for a couple of decades of people being really fat because they think low fat foods are the way to go, and also the marketing behind the importance of breakfast. I think between the marketing telling us that we need to slam simple carbs every morning. And the marketing tell us that low-fat foods are the way to go, and diet foods are the way to go. Between those two, we've we've set up America for a couple of decades of of a lot of obesity, in my opinion. And that goes, I mean, that's not even taking into account GMOs and some of these other things, and soil depletion and and nutrient depletion in the soil that makes the foods less nutrient-dense and not even taking all that stuff into account, just just those two marketing campaigns: big breakfast, importance of breakfast, and low-fat foods.
1: Absolutely, and then also the marketing of sugary and fast food to the kids. Our generation, Rick, when we were watching cartoons, we would see a cartoon for fast food, and it, it, it'd be all sugary cereals and stuff, Captain Crunch, whatever. It'd be marketing. They have like cartoon characters for these cereals. Remember um, growing up, I used to clip coupons, a dollar off, 50 cents off, and give it to my mom she to go grocery shopping. She'd get us that. Drench it with tons of milk, tons of hormone-infused, uh, pasteurized, sugary, lactose-laden milk. And that's the type of foods that, um, you know, we grew up eating. And then the third one, besides what you said, with the low-fat um, that you know, with the low fat, you're absolutely right. You know, fat's not bad for you. And then the big breakfast Then breakfast is supposed to be something we're supposed to have. The third one is the preservatives that's been put in our food. It's all refined oils. It's all refined oils and preservatives in our food. And that's not, that goes into our body and it signals your body to store fat. So
0: yeah, guys. So, uh, let's continue with the interview. See what else we find.
1: Know, yeah.
3: Yeah, what they're doing and somebody that's successful at it, mm. not some dumb trainer, you know, right? That think they know, right? You know, you know, Flex had won, you know, major contest, and was a real experienced bodybuilder at the time. You know, I'm I'm new still, new to the sport, right? So I didn't get into it till I was what 24. You know, I think he started probably when he was like 16, 17, somewhere in there. I never did that
2: kind of stuff because we didn't have it where i was from how much of a night and day difference was it once you started taking stuff uh as far as the uh condition night and day night and day and your ability to work to put in work no no all uh, the that, way the did condition of your body yeah the only thing changed was conditioning what do you mean
3: by my strength didn't go up that much what do you mean by conditioning uh the way you looked yeah the way i looked so, like, know, like, leanness. My definition and, you know, oh. leanness and kind of that's the only thing really. Well, your really strength
2: changed. didn't go up that much. My strength didn't go
3: up that much. I was still, I was, I was deadlifting 750, 750 pounds. Wow. You know. Yeah, it well, was. Because I, I was, you know, I was, I was, I was still doing pop.
0: No. So, one thing he, he mentioned on there um, about getting a real trainer, we say that on the podcast all of the time. If you're competing, you need a coach you know, somebody that knows their shit. In Ronnie's case, he's taking advice from probably the best guy to take advice from in his situation, another guy with comparable genetics who's, who's just more experienced in the game than you are. That's the perfect guy to take, to take advice from because he's someone who has pretty close to your same genetics in every way. And he's also competing. He's also going through the same grind as you are. That's, that's the perfect that's the perfect guy to, to model after. If you're a competitor, I'm sure, you know, you can listen to our podcast and everything we do here for just reference and to know more. But at the end of the day, you need that coach. You need that guy that knows the competition realm, knows all of that, can look at you, will look at your progress pictures, will make adjustments day by day, week by week as you're getting closer. You know, you need that level and, and Ronnie's right. You've got you've to gotta deal with a guy that does that. I help guys all the time, do consultations. I help guys, just regular guys like me, who want to not have a dad bod, who want to look just better than average. And I'm great at that. But I refuse and I just don't deal with competitors because I feel as though there's so many better other people out there to help them with their competition that I will be doing them a disservice to take them on as clients. And sometimes, you know, you get people that like, see, see some of my work, they, they listen to the podcast and, and they want to deal with me directly. But I've got to tell them like, there's so many better people. Like your coach should be looking at you and helping you pose. I can't do that. I can't help. I can't help a guy become better at posing. Like you know, it's, there's just, there's just some things that you need to understand and find a specialized trainer for, and Ronnie's absolutely right. I mean, shit, he got another guy, same genetics, same goals, same everything, giving him drug advice. I mean, what better way, right?
1: Yeah, he, he makes some good points on, on that one. Um, uh, you know, it, it also, if he's, what he's saying is, is accurate, um, it just shows you he built a really strong base before, using these PDs. And that's something that a lot of guys don't do. Um, I'd say I'd say most guys, maybe about 80%, are not really – they don't really build a strong base before going on. And they run steroids too young or something like that. So if he is saying that his strength didn't budge that much when he went on steroids, then that means he was so naturally strong in the first out. place. He
0: maxed out, yeah. Yeah,
1: so, I mean, he – and then the steroids, and, and you know, that's uh, that's different than someone who can bench 125 pounds and then hops on trend, and he moves his bench press up to 200 pounds. He, like, almost doubles his bench press Uh Is that good for you? No, that's going to cause injuries. It's a lot of pressure on your body to handle in such a short amount of time. But we see that stuff all the time. And they come off, they lose Half their strength, and then they want to use steroids again to get them back over 200. It's a dangerous cycle. So he makes a good point on that one. Definitely um, build base.
0: All right, great. All right, let's keep it going. Only a few minutes left.
1: I don't listen to show when I was doing bodybuilding. Oh, were you really? Yeah. At mm-hmm. the same
3: time. At the same time.
2: Yeah. That's pretty unusual, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. But you know, uh, that was something I loved to do. But those powerlifting guys are usually quite a bit fatter. They, they, they don't mind having a lot of body the, fat. The, the more body fat you have, the stronger you're going to be. Why is that?
3: Because you got more cushion around the muscle. Hmm. More water around the muscle. And all that stuff makes you stronger, gives you more energy. Really? Especially if you're naturally
2: gifted <laughs> with strength. So did you ever feel like... Was that ever pulling you back, like powerlifting? Did you ever think about getting back into that again? Or were you just completely com- committed to bodybuilding at I, time? Yeah, that's while I, I kind of just got com-
3: committed to bodybuilding. Because I was you know, work full-time in the police department, trying to do powerlifting, trying to do bodybuilding. It was just too much. And I had all these jobs, too. I would do security at Denny's on Fridays and Saturday nights from 12 to 4. Oh, Jesus. I, w- I would
2: work in my apartment complex. That might be the most dangerous spot in the world. <laughs> Denny's from twelve to four of the weekend? My first fight was at Denny's. <laughs> oh was it really? Yeah,
3: my first one. The one that I got that used to force complaint filed against me. Was
2: that Denny's? Yeah, Denny's can be rough It yeah. late night drunks showing yep. up to eat. Yep. That's, oh my God. It, it was a drunk guy. That's of course.
3: <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. do to try to resist me. Yeah, yeah. Who the fuck is sober at Denny's at three o'clock in the morning? Exactly.
2: Hardly nobody. <laughs> so when you, when you were 30, you started taking steroids and you won the Olympia for the first time when you were 30. Four. 34. So that's my like four years. Yeah, mm-hmm. That's insane. Yeah, But you got to remember the base mm-hmm. I had before that. Right. Yeah. So it's base and hard work and also genetics. it's, yeah. All it's that the perfect together. storm. Yeah. Do you think as a bodybuilder, you really need like the perfect storm of things to be a champion?: You do.: Yeah, you do. You, you, you're you not going to be it if you don't have it. You know, it's just like
3: trying to be president of the United States, you know. Mm-hmm. Only certain people are going to be president right. of the United States. Everybody <laughs> not going to make it at, at that job.
2: <laughs> well, it's like when I look at some, some Mr. Olympias, it's so hard that I'm looking at one, two, three, and four. I'm like, I don't, I'm not. You have to have a uh, I, yeah. an eye for or it. You
3: yeah. have to be trained, yeah. Because yeah. I used to be the same way. Uh, I thought everybody looked the same. Yeah,
2: that's how I looked at them. Like, So I, a know ex-
3: I know exactly what you're talking about.
2: Yeah, they all... Everybody
3: was just big to me. Huge. Yeah,
2: huge. Yeah, everybody looks preposterous. And monstrous. I thought
3: I could never,
2: ever attain that. But you did. I Not did, Not only yeah. did you set the gold standard. <laughs> yeah. Isn't that crazy looking back? It's crazy looking back. Do you ever wake up and just say, like, yeah. what the fuck did I do? Look yeah. what I did. Yeah, look what, yeah.
3: Yeah, because when you're doing it, you're always in that mindset of, Doing it, yes. You're not enjoying it, right? You just so you can't you can't sit around and enjoy it, right? You got to stay focused and dedicated.
0: Can't rest on your laurels. You be
3: always, you know, mindful. Yeah, you know. So there's no enjoying all that when you you have success like that.
2: Well, I don't. I think that mindset too is the only way you become a champion like yourself. Exactly. That just keep going, keep gotta, grinding, mindset. You, you, don't enjoy anything. Yep. Yep. You enjoy it
3: later, yeah. After it's all over with,
2: but uh, I, I only enjoy it now. There's such a small handful of Mr. Olympias. I mean, that is the yeah. elite of the elite club to be in for bodybuilders. Yeah, I mean, you got to you got to have an amazing most, sense of satisfaction. And a, of,
3: and a lot of guys that win it win it multiple times. Yeah, why is that? Because it's it's only yeah. elite number of guys can can be Mr. Olympia. Mm-hmm. And once you get there, you found the formula. And uh, it, it takes a while for somebody to come in and knock you off because nobody's found that formula.
0: And, and, you, and you don't have to be uh, or have Mr. Olympia aspirations to find your own formula. Steve and I, it, for our just looking good with our shirt off level, we found our own formula. We found which steroids we can work with. What kind of diet we can do training you, you, you got to find your formula good good easy way to get this journal and take blood- blood tests keep going
3: like you have you know, I, I eight in a row for me, Eight in a row for theney, yeah, seven for the Arnold. uh six for yates, cutler four, you know the girls. <laughs> How many guys I just named, and how many years is that? That's a lot of years. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I mean, what an elite group of human beings. Just me, Lee, and and uh, 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 all is
2: twenty-five years almost. Yeah, that's crazy. (laughs) Yeah, and three guys, twenty-five years. When you say the right formula, it's the right amount of training, the right amount of rest, the right amount of food, the right nutrition, all the above. Yeah. And that's hard to do. hard to dial it in. It's hard to dial it in. And did you dial it in with the help of a, a coach? Nutritionist. Or just a nutritionist. Uh, diet,
0: diet, diet, guys.
2: But what about a coach? Like, that's uh, the same thing. But did, same thing. Does the nutritionist maintain your schedule for your workouts as well? Yeah. Well, I did my own workout schedule. So you did that all yourself? All myself, yeah. He did all my other stuff. So he did all the food, made sure your, your body's well-fueled, well but... All the weightlifting, all that was, all all that was all. set up by you. Yeah, that was really, How did you know when it's enough and when it's not enough and when it's too much? Well, you can only do so much.
3: You can only do what you can do. You, you know your limitations, and you know what you got to do. So once you figure all that out, you know, that's, that's your formula, and that's, that's, and that's what you take from year to year. And that formula is based on your body. How <laughs> your body. body performs. Yeah, you are, you, everybody's body is different.
2: Did you ever have guys coming up to you? I mean, you must have had guys coming up to you saying, "What's the? F- what do I have to do to be like you?" All the time. What'd you tell them?
3: Hire uh, a personal trainer. <laughs> 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 That's what I had. You know, mm-hmm. I, I, I wasn't there able to do all this on my own. Uh, the guy who uh, gave me the free membership to the gym, Brian Dobson, the guy that taught me all this stuff. He taught me how to pose. He taught me how to train as a bodybuilder and not a powerlifter. It's, it's two different types of training. He taught me everything I needed to know. And, and he was kind of like my personal trainer. You know, If he wouldn't have taught me all that stuff, I wouldn't have knew nothing. And so uh, I always tell people, if you want to know something, learn somebody that
2: knows all this stuff. And that's how you get the, the right formula. Was this guy with you throughout your whole career? No, no. Just in the beginning, just to teach you the basics. Basics, yeah. And then from then on, it was all you. Yeah. yeah. I had to get other
3: trainers and nutritionists. I, I I had some trainers and nutritionists that weren't that good mm-hmm. along the way. Like a couple. And I finally found the right guy uh, from Flex Wheeler. He, he turned me on to uh, the, the guy who helped me with my first Olympia
2: Chad Nichols. He's he, He's the guy that, that uh, found the right formula for me. And when you had this right formula, how many, um, how many workouts a day were you doing? One. Just one? Yeah. Just one long workout? An uh, hour and a half. An hour and a half every day. An hour, 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 15 minutes. So it was, really? Yeah. So it's just about the intensity. It's about the intensity. And was there a time where you were working out more than that? You no. felt like it was too much? or no, no. You just always had it dialed in?
3: I always had it dialed in. Wow. <clears throat> you know, I had to do two hours of cardio a day. Two hours of cardio? And an hour in the morning and an hour at night after I got off work. Wow. Yeah. What kind of shit? Like elliptical or something? I did the uh, Stairmaster. I would do the elliptical and the treadmill.
2: You would run on a treadmill? Well, I ain't, ain't going to call it running. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just thinking you're so big. Yeah, why like I call it running. Like you call <laughs> What did you do, just kind fast of fast walk. walking? Yeah, yeah, like two, about three miles an hour. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that makes more sense. Yeah, yeah, for an hour. An hour. So yeah. this is just to burn off the fat? Yeah, exactly. Wow. Goddamn, you must hate cardio now. No, I still do it. You still do it? Yeah. But I would imagine that that would be enough cardio for the rest of your fucking life, two hours a day, every day. Like oh my God, if I never see another piece of cardio equipment again for the rest of my life, you get used to it after a while, you know. What do you do now? I can only do I do
3: bike now. I can I can do, I can walk on the treadmill, but I have to hold on the handles, yeah, yeah. yeah. So I don't do it. I just do the bike.
2: Yeah. Well, listen, man. After this show is over, I'm going to connect you to uh, Dr. Neil Reardon, who is in Dallas, and I, I really hope that he can help you. And will uh, be. Great! if Yeah, you do. The next time come in I'm here. never giving up on it. You know? Oh, and no, I know you're not giving up on anything, man. <laughs> Guys like you don't give up on no, anything. No, oh, no. Wow. I'm gonna walk again, unassisted. I guarantee that. I believe you. If anybody can do it, you can do it. Yeah, exactly. And because uh, like if I, said, I can't do it, it can't be done. <laughs> <laughs> I want to connect you to him and um, and wish you the best of luck. I appreciate you, brother. Thank you for uh, coming in here, man. I appreciate you inviting me. Oh, uh, I got I got a new book out. Oh, okay.
3: Uh, what is it? It's called Yeah, Buddy. Yeah, buddy. It's one of my sayings. That you is get, what it on, saying. get it on Amazon, and uh, my my company is Ronnie Coleman Signature Series. That's how I make my living now. I own my own uh, supplement company, RonnieColeman.net. Is that uh, and our book is called Yeah, buddy. One of my favorite sayings. But my, yeah, buddy, my incredible story. And get it on Amazon. All right, folks, go get that book.
2: Go to RonnieColeman.com. <laughs> dot net. Dot net. RonnieColeman.net. Get, some get of my supplements. supplements. We got twenty five. 30 different products. Beautiful. I hope we sell a bunch from them. Thank oh, you. Thank we, you, we have been selling a bunch. <laughs> sell, sell
0: some more. Thank you, brother. Appreciate you. Thank you for having Ronnie me Ronnie Coleman, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, buddy. <laughs> yeah, buddy. Lightweight. Yeah, great interview. I, I really, this is the second time I listened to it. I, I really enjoyed the hell out of that interview. Um, any final uh, closing comments on the Ronnie? Look, one thing you guys have to also understand is this. This is very important. Ronnie is addicted to the gym and to working out way more than most of us are. And if you want any sort of proof of it is the guy can barely move his back now. I mean, he's, he's, he's almost, uh, I mean, he's, his mobility is greatly impaired and he still gets out and works out probably more than you guys out there listening right now. Okay. Now, I've dealt with clients, people, friends that, oh, we just had a baby. I can't I can't work out. Oh, you know, they something is something happens and it completely throws them off. Oh, my my left knee is bad. I, I can't get out to the gym. Ronnie has had several back surgeries, herniated discs, he's got more surgeries to go, and he's still in the gym. So it's it's a it's a level of addiction at this point. It's not even I wouldn't even call it commitment. You're committed to a goal when you you know trying to be Mr. Olympia, but he's out there working on his biceps and his shoulders, and you know it doesn't he's not going to any shows. So it's it is just something that his brain and his body needs. It's, it's just something that completes his life. Um, I guess I could call it an addiction because he it might even be detrimental for him to be out there lifting weights with screws in his in his spine but he is he's got that dedication for the gym he's got a, he's got that love for the pain of working out and that you know that with the genetics with a little bit of drugs and the right nutrition I'll get you a long way in bodybuilding what do you say steve
1: um I, the difference between his situation though and a normal gym rat rick and a lot of people won't want to hear this, and I understand, um, is that he's making millions of dollars monetizing his book, monetizing his nutrition brand, stuff like that. A normal gym rat, if you're injured, <laughs> you know, if your knee hurts, or your elbow hurts, or your back hurts, or your neck hurts, you need to take a break from the gym. You know, so, but I get what you're saying. I get your point. His his
0: income is not tied for for him going into the gym. He's not, he's not taking his shirt off to promote his brand. He's using.
1: No, no, no. But I would trade, you know, seven herniated discs and having trouble walking the rest of my life to make millions of dollars where my wife and my kids and my grandkids and great grandkids never have to worry about money again. my family. You know what I'm saying? That's my point.
0: More the reason most people won't get out to the gym. If if you're if you if you're hurt and you already uh, have money stored, I mean, what the hell are you doing in the gym, right? You already got a wife. What are you trying to look good for somebody? Really, it just he just he just needs it in his life and in his brain. Yeah,
1: I, but I, I mean, don't think, yeah, I don't, But I, I don't mean, think- if he's if he's going through all these surgeries, Rick, and he's still having trouble walking, that means that you know he's screwed. I mean, there's no surgery in the world that's going to fix that unless they invent some bionic when they are you know,
0: and they're inventing all of it yeah there's, there's yeah,
1: it's uh but i mean if you start messing around with your spine with surgeries and chiropractors and all these scams that are out there it's just going to make it worse like you really have to do maintenance on your body but like i'm saying a normal gym rat listen to this don't screw your back up. i got three hernia this at least three hernia this Rick, you probably have herniated disc. Every weightlifter probably has herniated disc. Does it bother you? Does it not bother you? It may bother you five years from now. may bother you 20 years from now. may bother you tomorrow. We don't know that, but
0: you really have to. I got a, an x-ray on my back. My, my back feels perfect, except for that for one little sore spot when I sleep, when I sleep on my stomach. It's a little sore spot. And I've been warned about that. Uh, I got x-rays before. But yeah, now that you mentioned anytime Yeah,
1: x-rays MRI. won't help you with herniated this. You got to get an MRI. But But you can yeah.
0: see something obviously wrong, then you follow it up with an MRI, obviously.
1: Yeah, I, I'm going to say like in my situation, if I had listened to the right people 10 years ago, I wouldn't be in the situation I'm in now. So, my, 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 I listened to people, Rick, who told me, push through it, push through it, push through that's it. That's
0: silly. That's dumb. Um, that's
1: now, silly. I know it's dumb, but back then, that, that's the people I listened to because you have peer pressure. People don't about, have your best interests. I, I'll,
0: t- I'll tell you a quick, quick story, guys, not to bore everybody. but Just over 10 years ago, my mother got rear-ended, got whiplash, and she got uh, about three herniated discs from the whiplash. And... The operation they offer her was obviously just to put the plate in and fuse fuse those vertebrae. So there's not a lot, there's no movement. At that time, they would have to like go in through the front of her neck and have to pull pull her, her throat and muscles apart to get in there. And she could have lost her ability to speak. So she decided that she was gonna rough through the pain and and get and, and wait, you know, wait for the surgery. And you know, we both discussed it. And and she, that's what she wanted to do. So we just got her into uh, yoga and into stretching and, uh, and, you know, when that alleviated the pain a lot, like, like massages, deep tissue massage and yoga. Now it's been 12 years now. Okay. And, and every five years, there's a, a new surgery she could get. We just heard about, uh, actually Joe Rogan was, was discussing it to, uh, uh, Eddie Bravo, had actual uh, titanium sliding discs put into his back. And he's back to doing jujitsu again. And I believe competition. Yeah, I think he beat Roley, Ho- Hoyler Gracie after his, his surgery. So mm, they're not fusing anymore. And I think, I believe they can do the, the discs. And when, I, when, when, when this whole COVID thing uh, um, blows over and everything, it's, it's something we're going to revisit because she's, she's thinking about having surgery now after all these years it's of just of just after all these years of just holding the pain back with with yoga deep tissue massages she's just not able to do it anymore and um you know i had three herniated discs had for 12 years that she's dealt with
1: yeah massage therapy doesn't definitely does not help me it makes it worse because when you're massage therapy with this you're basically fl- causing it to flare up. It doesn't even make any sense to do massage therapy unless the person knows what they're doing. Because if, if you just go to a normal uh, massage place, you know, $80 massage therapist, they're not going to know what they're doing. They're going to make your problem worse. You, massaging a herniated disc is, doesn't make any sense. In my,
0: in my mother's yeah. case, because it's up, it's up by her shoulder and neck, um, she'll have spasms, really bad spasms on her, on her upper back or like one of her traps will spasm for like, couple of days. So in her particular case, getting all of those muscles right up there on the upper mm. back, getting them all massaged down really, really helps relax all that area uh, there for her. And, and it keeps her pretty pain free, but yeah, I mean, yeah. it's specifically yeah. where, where it's at. She, she's got, she, you know, it's right at the neck, upper back area that she, that she's
1: good. Yeah. Yeah. It's hard. It's hard, man. To, I've been maintaining it myself. Um, ever since I, uh, you know, uh, went overboard, in my mid thirties, it's been, it's been it's been a non-going struggle, but no one told me, no one told me about what we're telling you guys. No one told us about this. All right, guys. Well, we'll definitely discuss this. uh, You know, check out our other podcast, another episode. um, Just,
0: just, 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 uh, uh, so guys, just in closing my, I'm going to give my final thoughts on the, on the Ronnie interview and and Steve, you give your final thoughts. Um, love Ronnie. Um, love the guy. Um, I like the fact that he's addicted to working out. It, uh, just inspires all of us and uh, great guy, nice guy. I don't want to call Ronnie a liar. Okay. I, I like Ronnie and I don't think he was lying. I just think there's certain things he really should not say or really should not talk about. Do I believe that he did these low doses that he's saying he did before listening to this podcast? I, I assumed that he was probably up in the, in the high, more higher dose and more aggressive after hearing him, after listening to it, you know, guy's a genetic freak. He, he, was, he was big, had big biceps since, you know, he was a teenager. Incredible guy. Yes, I believe him. He, he probably did very low dosing, not as high as we really think. Why, if he did low dosing, why did his body develop so, such a monstrosity where maybe like Lee Haney didn't get like that? Well, um, insulin and growth, growth hormone. Insulin and human growth hormone. You know, those two, uh, those two factors. And also, uh, you know, on a little different side note, the judging, too, and the IFBB allowed for guys to get disproportionately fat. So, um, so disproportionately big. So once a guy got a certain, a certain size and their waist started to, to bulge out because of the size, because they're so big, um, the judges were not penalizing that. They were still placing guys and winning guys as long as they were big and cut even if their waist wasn't great. Now Lee Haney days, you had to have a nice tight, small waist. And that's that classic bodybuilding look. And so maybe Lee Haney would not have been, would not have been, uh, would not have wanted to get any bigger. Arnold said that in the movie Pumping Iron. He says, look, my physique is perfect right now. I'm at a point that if I put in more shoulders or more chest, then I have to grow other parts of my body to go along with it because I'm in, I'm in perfect symmetry now. Uh. It's, uh, you know, the judging also kind of opened the gate for these guys to get as big as possible, even if their waistline, uh, even if their waistline got bolts out, And then we've had these guys with, like, 4 or 5%, 3% body fat, and they've got big pot bellies. So uh, that's what it is.
1: Yeah, my final thoughts is I had a high school teacher um, once say this. She said some people are blessed, you know, genetically for physical some people are blessed genetically for academic. Some people are blessed genetically, you know, for this, for that. Some people are great at, you know, designing a home with furniture. Some people are great at writing. Some people are great at construction, building things. We all have our gifts. Ronnie Coleman, perhaps, number one, genetics for specifically bodybuilding maybe of all time and we uh we were lucky enough to live in his era uh, of dominance um you know this guy um in his prime would have beat anybody um in in bodybuilding and maybe even like uh, 50 or 100 years from now you know guys will look back and still say that you know for a fact so just a tremendous genetics. So it is. It is very uh, humbling to hear him go on that show. Unlike so many others, and actually say, "Yeah, I have I have top top one percent genetics." Really, he has top point zero 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 one percent genetics. He's got the best genetics of everybody anybody in the world. There may be three other guys who have better genetics than him in the world who are stuck in some country and they can't they don't have the opportunity to show that to anybody um but yeah he's a tremendous tremendous genetic so you know if you ever get a chance to go and see these guys up close um it'll blow your mind at how big these are so i always i always tell people you know you gotta be realistic with your goals when you start getting into bodybuilding if you're 20 years old and you want to be like Ronnie Coleman one day, um, you know, unless you were the best athlete in your state while you're in high school, you're not going to be the next Ronnie Coleman. So don't
0: even, about I don't mean to slow your roll. Uh, Steve just want to throw something in it. I've said it on the podcast several times. He, he, if you're a young guy, here's how you know if you, if you can make it be a pro like Ronnie level as you're working out, somebody will just tap you on the shoulder and say, hey, man, you look fucking incredible. You should continue to do this. Someone who knows their shit. Someone who really knows their shit. In Ronnie's case, and he said it and he explained it in the podcast, the guy who owned the gym said, hey, if you come here and work out and lift weights, I'll give you a free membership. I mean, this is someone who owns a gym, saw this guy work, walk in and say, that fucking guy has, has it. Ronnie was probably there just a couple of months, just showed Showed incredible progress in just a little bit of time. And the guy tapped him on the shoulder and said, hey, man, you should continue to fucking do this. Same thing with every top-level Olympian will tell you a similar story. They were just in there, just working it out for fun, whatever, powerlifting, powerlifting. Kevin Kev LeBron, he's a powerlifter. And somebody said, say, hey, man, you need to bodybuild. You look incredible. And, and he same story, he echoed it.
1: All right, guys. So great show. Steve, Smee, and Rick. Another episode of Evolutionary Radio. Appreciate you guys listening. We will be on next week for another one. Have a good
0: one. Have a good one, Steve. Have a good one, guys.
1: Guys, this is the required legal disclaimer. We are only sharing our experience from years of steroid use. We are not doctors. and None of what we say should be regarded as medical advice.